Welcome back to the Shema Podcast, my friends. I have an amazing guest. I'm looking forward to getting to know better and introducing to you. But before I bring her on, I want to sort of discuss an idea that I was contemplating at the time I received a note about interviewing her on my podcast. And it it just, as I've always said, there's nothing by accident. Everything is being orchestrated. He brings people into our lives to help us do the things we need to do. But here's what I was contemplating. You know, we've talked recently about what's going on in the world, and I see it inspiring so many Jews to up their game, to do more mitzvot, to learn more, to get more tzedakah. You see our brothers and sisters in Israel, people leaving their comfy place here in Houston, Texas, and going abroad to fight with their fellow Jews in the IDF. But I see many Jews just in a state of fear. And I wanted to devote many episodes to getting Jews to see what their role is in the world. And it reminded me of a book I read, it was around five or six years ago, by Ken Spiro. Now, I had read early on in my studies his crash course in Jewish history. And there's one thing that will eradicate the atheism, the Amalek inside of you. It's looking at Jewish history. And learning the Torah and seeing how everything he promised us is happening exactly. You cannot deny his involvement with the world through Jewish history. But this one book he wrote called Destiny is a very easy read. I read it one Shabbos afternoon. And he basically talks about if you look at any superhero stories, Superman, Spider-Man, Harry Potter, every superhero story there is follows the same architecture. And that architecture is the story of the Jewish people. That is the reality of who we are. And I'll give you an example. If you look at the story of Superman, and forgive me, I'm thinking back to the 80s, the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. So if you're a comic book fan, I get something wrong, I apologize. But you look at the story of Superman. He comes to our planet as a young infant. He gets adopted by some elderly parents. And they take care of him. And as he's growing up, he begins to realize he's not like everyone else. There's something different about him. And it bothers him because he wants to be like all the kids he's growing up with in school. And finally, his mother reveals to him when he's at the right age of while she and his father are his earthly parents, where he came from was very far away and distant. And because of the foresight and the merit of his parents sending him here, our earth son gave him different molecular structure that gave him all these superpowers. And she gave him a crystal and said, this will have all the answers you're looking for. So he sets out to find out who he is, what his purpose is in this world, and he finds himself drawn to the North Pole where he throws that crystal in and a fortress of solitude is created. And he goes inside and is able to learn from the recordings his father made for him, explaining where he came from, his heritage, his role in the world, that he's not like everyone else. And yes, that's difficult, but he has superpowers and he has those powers in order to rid the world of evil, to use them for the the sake of mankind. And the father also warns him that there is an element, a material called kryptonite, and if he's exposed to it, 
he will lose his powers and devolve and be a frail human being like everyone else. And you can see how this totally parallels the story of us. We don't come from the same place that everyone else does. We come from a chain of souls of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yokov. And not in our merit, but in their merit, we are different. We are tasked with ridding the world of evil. And that crystal for us is our Torah. That fortress of solitude is a study hall where we open it up and we find out what our heritage is, you know, who we are and the role we play for our creator in ridding the world of evil. And we're also warned of our kryptonite. You know, there are certain things that we can do that will temporarily sever us from our source, our creator. The big one I think of when I, you read the partial and Bilaam, he's trying to curse the Jewish people and he looks down and sees why none of his curses are working. And he sees that's because of the way the tents are faced and the women are dressed modestly. And he realizes, oh, they have this, this covenant, the bris milah and the family purity. They are bound to the creator. None of my curses will work. So the kryptonite that Bilaam introduces is the Mianite women. And some sin. And they lose their superpowers and a plague goes through the camp. But here's something else you need to know. Even the people that were not sinning still suffered because we as a Jewish people to harness our superpowers have to realize that we are all limbs of the same body. And when we are unified, that's when we really harness our powers. And I think what's key right now is that we not only recognize that in ourselves, that we help bring it out in our fellow Jews. Today, we have with us Yvonne Marzouk, and she is someone that is using her superpowers of speaking, of writing, to help inspire Jews on the same message of their unique role in this world and how they each have the ability to contribute to God's creation and bring about this period in time when everyone knows who the king is, and let him into this world. Welcome to the Shema Podcast, the podcast for the perplexed, where Torah insights intertwine through personal stories, as well as interviews with leading Torah scholars demonstrate the empowering qualities of Torah and mitzvot. For more great Torah learning through Torch, the Torah Outreach Center of Houston, go to torchweb.org. Now to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was an amazing introduction. So I that's why I was just when I when I saw the email from your publicist and I was reading your bio, it was literally I was contemplating this very topic, you know, and I was like, bam, like she's doing exactly what I'm thinking about. And that's why I thought it was just absolutely perfect that the timing worked out the way it did and that we're here talking. So if you could just sort of share with me and the listening audience a little bit about your your background and who you are and what you're doing now. Sure. My name is Yvonne Marzouk, and I'm the author of a Jewish novel called The Prophetess, which is coming out in paperback. That's kind of what brings me here. And I grew up in a pretty secular situation. I grew up as knowing that I was Jewish kind of aware, like with a lot of Jewish people around me, but none of us religious at all. Like the one kid who might have like kept kosher in the home was like really, really religious. And I grew from that place. I found myself in a place of searching and in a place of wanting to find wisdom, wanting to find truth, wanting to understand why we're here. And I spent a long time looking for that. 
when I was in high school and college. And I, I read all kinds of different books and you know, tried different kinds of religions. And, and, then, and then I realized that, that all the wisdom that I was looking for was right in my, like, let's say, in my own backyard. Right. Here in my in my own in my very own tradition in 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 the Jewish tradition. And as I started to grow in that tradition, I started to discover the the deep wisdom of the of the Jewish tradition, both in terms of the the commandments, the mitzvot, the actions that we do, and also in terms of the deeper parts of the wisdom that really give us a kind of worldview that helps us understand how we're all responsible for each other, how we're all connected to each other how our responsibility is to each other and also to the to the world as a whole. And I found those things really spoke to me and helped me to understand who I am and what I'm doing here and helped me to become, I'm, a, I'm an Orthodox Jew at this time, I'm a practicing Jew, um, but also helped me to understand more of who I am and what I'm here to do in this life. Awesome. Well, talk a little bit about the, the book, the theme of it and the overall idea that you are conveying in the book. Yeah. So The Prophetess is a story of a 17-year-old girl named Rachel who is unexpectedly called to join a secret community of Jewish prophets. And the genre is what we call magical realism. Like it's mostly real, um, but there's some magic in it. There's some places where some things happen that are, you know, maybe just a little bit stretching the bounds of the world that we know today. And in being able to do that in fiction, we're able to really explore truths that are hard to say if you only, like, you can just explore those truths more deeply by using fiction and by using that those methods. But the theme of the story, Rachel, when she, when she was a little girl, her grandfather wrote in a prayer book for her, for Rachel, may she grow into all her gifts. And her, she had an Orthodox grandfather, but she herself was not really raised religious. He was like kind of her only connection. And the story begins when he dies and she's left wondering, like, now that the person who connected me back to like this whole chain that took me all the way back to Abraham, like, who am I? Where am I? And what's, who am I here for? And what gifts, what are these gifts that he kept saying that I should grow into? And the story is largely about a process of growing into one's gifts. What are the d- divinely given holy gifts that we have come into the world with? And how are we unearthing those gifts throughout the course of our lives? And in this particular story, Rachel has some very specific gifts that she's growing into, these prophetic gifts, holy gifts. But we all really have these gifts that we're growing into. And the story's really about like how do we grow into a calling that's bigger than that that Im- immediately initially appears to be bigger than what you just said and one of the things that sort of led me to thinking about this idea was I was listening to the Parsha podcast by Rabbi Yokoff Wolby and it's my rabbi and fellow podcaster for Torch and he was talking about that when it says Avraham Avraham like why did it say his name twice when he told him to go go toward yourself. And what he was revealing is that there's this version of ourself, our neshama, that was created perfect, right? And then we come into this world and it's really sort of diminished so it can have the struggle with the body. But the goal for Avraham and for each of us is to then bring out that version of ourselves that exists in the spiritual plane. And what you were just saying about the storyline of of Rachel and and all of us is, is really just that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that I wouldn't necessarily limit it to Jewish people of being here to make a difference in the world, but I definitely do know that the Jewish people are here to make a difference in the world. I think that it's true. We have a we have a drive to make this world a better place. And I think, you know, part of that is our neshamas, like our souls that are kind of whispering to us, telling us, you know, that and that through through our soul, it's Hashem whispering to us. And I also think, you know, that, uh, that our tradition is really structured that way to help us kind of, you know, to with all of these messages and understandings about how we're being responsible for ourselves, for each other, for the world. And also, I think one of the really beautiful things about Jewish tradition is that we're always being encouraged to grow. And I think that's, you know, part of what Yom Kippur is about, is like reflecting on, you know, how did we do this past year and how can we do better? And I don't, I think, you know, there's, there's certainly the aspect of that, that's kind of ritual or religious focus, but obviously we're also supposed to go and apologize to people. We're supposed to make things right. And this kind of like, you know, continually making things right and growing is, is kind of right there in our, the cycle of our gear. And it's such an important part of who we are. Regarding the book, and I'll put a link to it at the bottom of the podcast is available right now on Amazon or any of the retailers. Yeah, it's available on Amazon and it's available in Kindle, in hardcover, and then newly in paperback. It's a great message I think everyone can relate to. And like I said in the beginning, I think everyone right now needs to realize that when they look at the world to not go into a state of fear, but go into a state of empowerment, like the world needs me right now to be at my best and to grow. Everyone thinks like the world hates us right now, but I think it's just what the media is just only magnifying those the people that do hate us but i'm not seeing that just from my own personal experience you know i, I was walking to the bank mm-hmm. on friday i shared this with my family on during our shabbos meal but i was walking in the bank and this very large hispanic man said hello and i turned around and i said hello and he goes shalom shabbat and i said thank you and he <laughs> so goes sweet. I love Jews. I love Israel. And it was just like probably just harnessing the best of his ability to speak English. And I just ran over and gave him, a, gave him a big bear hug and said, and we love you. Thank you so much for support. So you see that a lot. Like it's not just everyone hating us. We're also seeing the tremendous amount of support out there by people. And I think whenever we can have the opportunity to make a Kiddush Hashem and when we're out in public, and are interacting with, you know, non-Jews too, that we make sure we demonstrate that. And that's another thing I was going to bring up is that I'd like to get your thoughts on this, but I've heard some, some friends that, you know, a lot of secular Jews are saying, well, I'm going to hide my Judaism now because that will keep me safer. And I'm arguing like that encounter I had wouldn't happen if I wasn't wearing a yarmulke with, and my seat seats out. Right. I mean, I don't, that's to me, I understand the fear, but there's, this is a time to be a proud Jew. And I'd like to get your, if you could speak to that as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's challenging. I mean, I think I, there's a few things to say. So I just wrote an article that was published in Newsweek about, that's called, I don't want to talk about anti-Semitism. And it's really written from my heart about, and what it's about is about how my but when I was growing up, I really never experienced anti-Semitism. I didn't really know, like, I didn't really believe in it. <laughs> I was like, when they showed us 
Holocaust movies in Hebrew school, I really didn't like that. Like, why can't we just be happy and enjoy, you know, we're in America, right? And we should, we should be happy. We should let that go. That was kind of how my feeling when I was younger. And I think that recently, you know, over the last five or 10 years, it's, it's been a kind of creeping realization that, you know, it's not so over and there's a lot of really scary things happening right now. And I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, if people don't feel physically safe, they have to make choices to be physically safe. And I certainly want to respect that. People have all kinds of reasons why they need to make those decisions. It was actually terrifying for me to write this article and have it published because I really, and I kind of feel like I want somebody to read the comments and just make sure there's not anything really serious that I should know about in those comments. I'm not reading them. So, I mean, I kind of respect when people are scared, but I also have been finding that you know, when people are scared right now, like, I mean, I think there are good reasons to be scared and I, I'm, I'm scared. So I'm just going to acknowledge that. And I think one thing that I've been working on for myself is how can I be scared and also be willing to contribute what I have to contribute in the world right. and not have to, I find that when I have like a, a battle with my fear, then the fear wins. But if I let the fear be there and then I, from there, I'm willing to kind of look at, you know, but where's my contribution here? What can I do here? How can I make a meaningful difference here? Then I can, you know, write articles and have them published while being scared and have that be a contribution. And so I think that for people who are feeling scared, I think it's okay to be scared. And also it's okay to do what you feel you're being called to do, even in the space of that fear. And the other thing that I just wanted to say about this particular time that we're in, I've been thinking a lot about it. And I want to give a shout out to my teacher, Saria Hudit Schneider, who teaches in Jerusalem, Jewish mysticism. And I've learned so much from her, among other many amazing, wonderful teachers. But I learned from her that like in times like these, you know, there's a huge amount of darkness in the world, but there's also a kind of huge opportunity for growth in times like this. And I think that if we can open ourselves up to like the world is shaking, but there's also a lot of like kind of spiritual movement happening that might not be obvious to us. And there are spiritual opportunities in this time. And you see people taking advantage of them in all different kinds of ways. Like I said, you know, doing acts of kindness with increasing mitzvot, like you said, you can see it in all different kinds of ways. People are writing poetry and doing art. And I've heard that sing, you know, that some of the musical artists in Israel have been writing songs. There's, I mean, and I don't mean to downplay in any way the genuine fear and tragedy that has happened, but there's also an opportunity for us individually to find ways to grow and even to focus on, you know, even if it feels like you can't grow, like you may feel yourself kind of pulled in one direction or like, I got to focus on just this thing. That's also okay. But like, there's, there's growth here. There's, there's spiritual potential here. And I, for, if anyone can hear what I'm saying, I, I feel like it's hard to hear maybe through all the noise and all the fear. But I think that if you can see like, oh, maybe there is a way that I'm living into my own personal calling right now. I think that's really good and special and important right now. I just said that. Look, there's definitely reasons to be fearful for sure. I have found, like you said, though, it does create a deeper spiritual connection because as someone that I've been in an observant community now for three years, and my first three years here was just learning the order of the sitter because I'd never been exposed to it. And I was just sort of learning that, you know, when you say what and when things change up and 
when you need to be at a certain point, you know, with everyone else in the minion. But since this all started happening, like the Psalms and reading King David, who was constantly in fear of his life. Now, mm-hmm. now, now I just hang on every one of those words. Like I, I totally know where he was coming from. And, but what he always does is it, it caused him just to rely and connect and with such a deeper level to Hashem because he knew his life was in Hashem's hands at all time. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I sort of see this too, is it, it, it can propel us into a much deeper way to the prayers and everything we do as Jews to realize like Hashem's in control and I need Hashem to protect me and my family. And that's so much of the, the sitters is, is about that. Yeah. I also find that the, the daily prayers do feel a lot more relevant uh, recently. So that's certainly true. But I also did want to give a shout out to like, you know, when, when King David was writing those Psalms, like, I mean, he certainly he wrote them for all of us and we should use them. But we also, I also like to see him as a model for writing our own prayers. He was pouring out his own specific heart. And so for those who this speaks to, I think that, you know, writing your own prayers, expressing what's really there for you. Um, Hashem is listening to us in English or in Hebrew or whatever language we're speaking. Hashem is listening to our own personal prayers, you know, as much as to the prayers in the prayer book. And and that's just not only valid, but just precious to Hashem. So I want to encourage people, either whether you are saying the regular, you know, kind of traditional prayers on a regular basis or not, it's still okay to pray. It's still okay to pray just from your heart. And you're right. That's what Hashem wants. And quite frankly, I really think that that's why he's allowing a lot of this to happen just uh i think what will bring the final redemption is when he hears every jew cry out to him is on a personal level and that's what he yearns for tell me about the other things you're involved with i know you do a lot of inspirational speaking obviously do a lot of writing talk a little bit about that and some of the the messages that you typically talk about when you're in front of people yeah so i've been working on trying to understand and teach Jewish mysticism in a way that people can understand it. And I've been really grateful to be able to learn with different teachers. And I feel like, and I mean, taking my cues from them that it's okay, you know, to reveal certain pieces of Jewish mysticism at this time, because I think that our souls are just really thirsty for that kind of wisdom in this generation and that it can be. Uh, a kind of entryway for people into really understand, you know, being connected connected to Hashem, understanding what we're doing here. And so I've been really taking some time to learn that. And and what I am interested in is like, what are the pieces that that I could share that that you would understand when I explain them? And in, like in a class, <laughs> instead of like in many years of learning. And so that's that's been like a personal journey for me and like both in terms of trusting myself that I have, you know, that I can convey that and also in terms of of learning it. And so part of what has been really important to me to learn and to share is that we are like the shift of thinking of ourselves, not as bodies with a soul, but as souls with a body right? and souls dressed in bodies. And this, this idea I, has really changed my way of thinking about things. 
to really understand and kind of relate to ourselves as spiritual beings, not just as um, physical beings that happen to have like a spiritual aspect. Like you said very well, you know, we we came from from a holy place and we're kind of like squished into physical bodies right now. Right. But actually, you know, not all of our soul is in our body. And like our soul is actually much bigger and more and deeper than our body. And so when we're able to shift to thinking of ourselves as souls, we realize that we're always connected to Hashem through our souls and that we're actually always connected to each other through our souls. There's like deep connection that's happening there. And once we start to shift to that perspective, then also what we're doing here in the world can become more clear because it's definitely not about eating the next chocolate cake, even though, you know, chocolate cake is fine. But it's, you know, that's not, we're not just here for that. We're here for a holy purpose. Right. And, and, and through that perspective, then the things like eating take on an entirely different perspective, right? Because then we're, right. We're, right. we're using food in order to, we can turn that into a mitzvah to nourish our bodies to have strength that houses our neshamas, the neshama can more effectuate itself and be involved in this world. So absolutely. Right. I do think, you know, there's this prophecy in the Zohar or the Parsha of Doach, when it talks about sometime that, that equates with in the Gregorian calendar, like early 1800s, but it said there'll be a second flood. There'll be a flood once again from above, waters from below, waters from above. And of course, what was happening at that time was the industrial revolution the knowledge, the waters, you know, you equate waters with wisdom from b- below, and they would help facilitate the merging of the water or the wisdoms from above, which that's right when you got the, the Baal Shem Tov, and you have Rabbi Nachman, who I study a lot, you know, these deep ideas and like the ones you're learning. And then we have the mastery of the wisdom from below. And here we are talking two different parts of the country on Zoom, able to record this and spread it throughout the world. You know, and that's this whole idea. And yes, people want the the inner meaning of things for sure now. And, and that's, I was studying Rabbi Nachman the other day and I was telling a friend like, there's no way we could survive during this final phase without like Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Like Hashim had to give us Rabbi Nachman. You know, there's just no way I would be able to navigate this crazy world uh, without him and, and all those types of teachings. So you study the Shikona Rukh, you know, you know how to fulfill your halakha, but to understand the bigger picture of why we're doing those things, just it, it fills those actions it, it with so much them. more excitement and enjoy when we're doing them when we understand the inner meaning behind it. So absolutely. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, I just wanted to share that after writing The Prophetess, some of the people who read it started to ask me, how can I bring this wisdom into my life? Like, I, I appreciate hearing the story. I'm inspired. What do I do now? And so I really thought about that a lot and created this tool called a Heroine's Journal. And I want to say that although it's kind of like, looks like it's intent, you know, it's, it has a little bit of a feminine appeal to it. I think that everyone has kind of an inner heroine in, inside them, uh, regardless of their claimed gender. But I, so it's, it's, it might be something you'd be interested in, but certainly for, for women, it's 12 lessons. It's a Jewish mystical journey of growing into your gift. 
And it's basically, it walks through some pieces of the Jewish mysticism that I've learned. It starts with like, what do you, what do you already know about your gift? And what do you not know yet about them? Um, it walks through some of the um, mystical teachings about how our souls are constructed and how we can continue to gain wisdom and, and continue to build our souls, how to overcome obstacles. And then it ends with a prayer where we ask Hashem to help us grow into all our gifts. And especially we identify a specific gift that we're looking to grow into based on everything we've learned. And that is a free printable on my website at growintoyourgifts.com. So I just really, I created it to empower people. And so I would really, you know, if that sounds like something that would empower you, I encourage you to come and take a look. And there you can find all the other kinds of um, lots of other materials that are on that website about the book, about other things that I've created, about podcasts that I've done and articles I've written. And all of that is on the website, too. Amazing. It's so amazing. I literally, you know, had no idea exactly all the things you were going to talk about and everything you're doing. But as you can tell from my intro, like this is exactly what the idea I was thinking about. And I'm so delighted to know that you're out there doing this and spreading this. And it's it's the time to realize the hero in all of us and to help, you know, bring out the hero in everyone around us as well. That's exactly right. That's exactly amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Hashem blessed you with tremendous success with this book and you're speaking, you're writing to continue to inspire Jews around the globe. I think it's absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad you reached out to me and you were able to come on the podcast and share your story and all your endeavors with my audience. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Torch so they can continue to spread Torah wisdom to the world by making a donation at torchweb.org and clicking donate in the top right corner of the page.